1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Pixels, the show where we cover the news from the gaming industry from the past couple of weeks. Uh, My name is Patrick Beja, and today I am joined by Mr. Ed Mitchell. Uh, As I said before we started recording, it's kind of hard to imply that you're now married uh, with just saying Mr.
0: (laughs) (laughs) How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Um been married now for about uh, a little over two weeks, and nice. everything is just grand.
1: Yeah? How, so do you feel different?
0: Not really. I Aww. mean, we, we were engaged for the greater part of a year, and uh, we were dating for seven years before that. So it really, it's not that much of a change. Mm. Well, just, I
1: mean... you're still now you're as i was saying a family man and you're you're Mm -hmm. gonna have to be sure that you bring in uh you know enough money and surely your wife is gonna uh stop working and start making babies yeah Uh, right that's that's how it works in the u.s right
0: yeah yeah i think so no no she (laughs) um she has to go back to work on wednesday to uh back to her teaching job and i'm just uh and as far as kids and stuff, we'll see. Yeah.
1: yeah, no, of course I did. I didn't mean to imply. It's just you know, that's that's what I expect when people yeah. get married. Uh, you know, it's it's really funny. D- small tangent from video games. Uh, before I met my wife, I had this idea that marriage is this half chore thing. Uh-huh. And when I went, met my wife, I was like, it was. I couldn't wait to get married and all of this. And ever since I've been married. Like, I realize that everyone around me who's married is, well, not everyone, but most people are actually super happy to be married. Mm-hmm. You know, it's weird. I don't know if it's our parents' generation that had a, a a more terrible image of marriage or something. I don't know. But around me, everyone's super happy to be married and like, yeah, married life is the best. So hopefully it's the same for
0: you. Yeah, I think it's just you got to find the right person. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Uh, But you know what? Another important thing in life is to find the right video game. (laughs) And uh, today we're going to be talking about two video games that I uh, tried and I'm going to be giving you my impressions on. Uh, That's Destiny 2 for the beta. And, uh, PUBG. I finally tried PUBG, Unknown's Battleground. Uh, and we're gonna have a, a bunch of other small news, but you know, it's the middle of summer, so it might not be the longest show ever. Um, but yeah, you know what? Let's start with the Destiny 2 beta, which, As people know I love 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 Destiny I played it a lot I thought the Taken King was one of the you know probably the best game of the year it came out it was an amazing experience and so I was really looking forward to the beta and uh, so (laughs) (laughs) so it's not that I'm all of a sudden you know my enthusiasm has been doused that's not entirely true to say that but um what i think i can say is that the beta is not didn't tell me whether or not destiny was going to be as cool as i hope it's going to be because it's a very narrow uh vertical slice of the gameplay there's you know one story mission which is really cool uh but still very short and we don't know if the rest of the game is going to be as cool um there's one uh instance basically one strike which is okay. Uh, it's fun. It's a strike. They're all relatively similar. Um, the gameplay is still very much there. The great uh, gunplay and the, the fun of shooting a- aliens in the, f- in the head is still absolutely there. Um, it's it, Graphically, it's, you know, Destiny 1.5. Arguably, it's just Destiny 1. <laughs> Doesn't look that impressive. Um, there is a, there were a couple of cool moments in the strike. There are, you know, that big drill, giant drill where it's visually impressive. There are a few traversal moments that are fun in the strike. Um, there's this moment in the single player mission where you get out into an area that you know very well from the, uh, Destiny 1. And it seamlessly transitions from single player to co-op multiplayer um, where you have to kill, you know, a certain amount of waves of enemies. And in that point, you're just hanging out with other, other ge- guardians and you're just doing that part of the mission with other people. Does um, that
0: stuff kind of auto-join stuff? He just yeah. just kind of creates the party for you? That's yeah, cool.
1: it, it, but it's not even a party, you know, you just show up in an area and there's other people there. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you're just following the mission that you're doing. And there are other people that just happen to be roughly at the same stage of that mission. You know, it's just that part takes about, I don't know, let's say five minutes. And it's like engineered in a way that you join that instance with... two other people that happen to be on that same part of the mission maybe one of them just stays for a minute and then leaves to the other section they just go walk away and then they disappear but someone else joins in the middle of it and it's completely seamless so you're not talking with anyone but it feels really great that you're joining the guardians the other ones and you you know you have that story part of the thing where they're yelling at you you know oh, uh, you have to you know push back the invasion of blah 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 guardians you know go together whatever and it just it just works um so that feels good but it, we don't know if it's going to be more of that in the single player i hope so uh but more importantly destiny is a game that works on replayability and replayability is you know just like games like diablo and wow and loot games uh it, it they it, it's really tricky to make that work i think they did it really well in destiny one but i don't know if they're going to be doing it differently enough that it's going to bring um more people in the game and i don't know that they're not gonna it's just that this beta didn't give you any clue as to whether or not they they were uh, achieving that mm-hmm. um so still very excited for destiny 2 but I don't know whether the beta is, you know, I don't know what, I still don't know after having played the beta whether or not the game is going to be any different from Destiny 1.
0: Well, what what's the differences that you kind of want? Because I've heard, like, the thing that people really want is kind of to be more open world rather than the small little, I guess, hubs, I guess, that were in Destiny 1. Like, how you, you had, like, Earth, but Earth was really just, like, a small map. Um, yeah,
1: I mean, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, I think that's wishful thinking, and it's uh-huh. not. It's just not achievable unless you make a persistent world type MMO, and that's just that's not going to happen. I don't think. Um, it, you know, I might not be the best person to ask because I like Destiny One very much, yeah, but yeah. I think there's uh, solo content is the obvious answer, but that doesn't fix things for people who want to play the game long term so solo content is the easy answer and i hope they're going to be making it uh enjoyable for those the people who are looking for that Uh, other than that i think they need to uh make the game more appealing for the end game and that can happen with many different kinds of activities and getting that you know what the taken king did, did was really amazing in terms of game design in that you had an area of the map where you had missions that were repetitive but always fun because the gameplay is good the gunplay is good but also mysteries and things to explore to explore and things that you would discover for weeks after the game had been you know launched and that was something that was really compelling but you know activities group activities short activities long activities like stuff to do uh that is uh, varied and and different and engaging more than there was in destiny one i think is what i would be looking for and from all accounts that's what they're doing so i'm still hopeful Mm -hmm. but um, yeah okay so we'll see what happens for destiny two once it's out uh i wouldn't uh, you know recommend to anyone to brush out and buy it if you don't already like destiny one though just wait for the reviews uh, and the other th- the other one is uh player unknown's battleground which is still like breaking all the records like being so popular <laughs> it's it's second uh concurrent number of players on steam above csgo below dota 2 but still and it's sold now 6 million units, which is insane. It's like, it's so popular. I, You know, I'm pretty certain that it would uh, win the election if PUBG was a candidate in 2020 in the US. That's how <laughs> popular that game is. Um, although maybe people would argue the uh, other candidates might not be as popular. But um, yeah, I mean, it's an incredible, incredible rising, uh, uh, you know, meteoric rise for this game. And of course, so, you know, I went and, and played it. I bought it. I tried it. And I think I might be the only person in the world who doesn't love that game. Um, really? It's weird, you know, it's, I mean, I'm not the only person. I think there are a number, when I tweeted this, a lot of people answered, no, 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 you're not alone. We don't get it. You know, I don't get why it's so popular. I mean, I get it. I understand where the game's fun is, uh, but it's really just not for me. It's a lot of people compare MOBAs to MMOs and like you compress the experience of an MMO into a 20 or 40 minutes uh, game in a MOBA. And what PUBG does is really compress the experience of all of those survival games, you know, H1Z1, uh, ARC and all of those which were long-term survival and if you would you know you would accumulate your stuff and try to build a shed and protect it and like you would get meet someone that would just show up and and stab you and steal all your things and you would need to get start from scratch and so those would be super long like over days and days of gameplay um and pubg is the short compact version of that and I think it is, and it's great fun for people who enjoy that fantasy of. I think there's a little bit of being a little bit of a sadist. Like you have to be mean to play <laughs> a little bit of meanness in in PUBG, um, and you have to like to be to to suffer as well. There might be a little bit of, a little bit of SM going on. <laughs> I don't know, um, but. It's just, it's not for me. I didn't love the, the survival games and I don't love this one. Um, mm. It's not, it's just not my thing. I know you didn't play it, um, but is it, it, did you like the
0: survival games? No, but I think, I think what appeals to me for this game is just the, I think it's the the quickness of how like when you lose in like Rust or something like that, you basically like go back to square one, you know? Right. Right. And this is the same thing, except you don't feel like you built yourself up over hours and days. Yeah, of exactly. Playing. Yeah. And, and then you go back to square one, you're just screwed because everyone kind of starts off from scratch again. Um, so I, I and I, I kind of like the, I kind of like the slow pace of everything as well. Like it, I like how in, in the actual gameplay, it's kind of slow and methodical along the way. And also there's like planning that you have to do. If you're playing on teams, there's like, Oh, one, one team had, there's only, we're down to like three or four teams, but one team is just a stockpile of stuff. right? And this other team was just lucky to survive. And so they just, they just get destroyed by the, by the last team. Mm. Um, I like that kind of progression within a single game. Um, That kind of stuff is a a cool idea. Well, Um, yeah, it's
1: it's definitely, you know, the parallel with MOBAs where you have that Mm -hmm. progression in a single game is very, very uh, stark. Um, Yeah. and, And you're right, you know, sometimes, I mean, my games, I've sometimes managed to get to, like, the last... 40 or 30 or 20 even without doing much like I killed one or two people and but I was just mostly hiding and and running around trying to get to the part of the map that the game zone gets reduced to so they concentrate player it's a very well done game I mean it's very well designed as Terpser was saying in the previous episode the 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 guy um player known has been developing that game for basically you know three games um yeah (laughs) and um and yeah, I mean, success is definitely deserved. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's not, it's not my thing. But Have
0: you gotten a chicken dinner yet? No, I, I think that might be why why you haven't. Enjoyed but it. <laughs> I
1: just, I'm not interested in doing it. You know, I'm like, yeah, I get it. I get in a car and I drive, and then someone tries to shoot me from afar, and I might get away. And then there's this guy who just, I saw him get into this building, and I managed to follow him. Like one game, I was uh, in the parachute, like I was parachuting in the beginning of the game, um, and I was just above someone else, like literally ten meters above them. So. I saw them land, get into a house, followed them and punched them to death. And, you know, that was okay, but it's not like I don't get, I got, if we're talking about like FPSs, TPSs, whatever, I get much more joy out of a, uh, doom if we're going to talk single player or, or, um, overwatch, if we're going to talk multiplayer shooting someone in that context of rapid like then stalking someone and like piling up on on weapons and ammunitions and the stress of oh my god if i die then the the game's over so i don't want to die even once and i mean obviously as you were saying if you do die then you just start another game it doesn't matter so Mm -hmm. the frustration of those survival games isn't isn't there but i think it's not yeah I don't know, and and I'm sure that in groups it's more fun, but I still don't think it would be for me.
0: Yeah, I think I think if I'm gonna play, I'm probably gonna play with a, a friend, or I guess three is the other option, mm-hmm. um, just so we can kind of fail together or fail <laughs> or uh, succeed together, you know.
1: Yeah, and it's and and I'm sure in that context, there's a lot of you know hanging out together factor just like there is in destiny mm-hmm. which for many people is just an ex- just like you know other games like this like wow like other games in that uh, on that model it's just an excuse to hang out um right. and have fun and you know just yeah so yeah i understand those as well but yeah i guess it, for those who tried to player knowns battleground and who thought oh that's weird that's not my type of thing then you're not alone um, <laughs> and we're not alone so and, mm-hmm. and that's fine you know to each their own there are lots of different types of games and not everyone has to love all of them but um, i definitely recognize the qualities of PUBG. it's a very well thought out well designed uh, experience uh and then uh, numbers on valve we don't get uh, lots of numbers on on, uh, on you know steam's uh, uh well actually it's steam not just valve uh we had this, a few numbers that were were uh revealed in uh, uh at casual connect which is a conference where valve had a presentation and uh they mentioned a few really impressive impressive things such as uh, they now have 70, uh, 67 monthly active players, uh, 33, 67 million, of course, 33 million daily active players. Uh, and they have an average of 14 million concurrent users at peak uh, every day. That is up from 8.4 concurrent at peak in 2015.
0: And that's bigger. They have a bigger daily active user count than Xbox Live does now? yeah uh, at least the most recent number that microsoft reported at xbox live
1: and you know so it's it's i mean we all know that steam uh, has been growing like crazy and that you know they have number n- number of games that are increasingly daily releases like m- insane amounts uh, but it's interesting to see numbers there uh for for daily monthly i mean monthly active users and peak like 14 million peak is is crazy so, mm-hmm. yeah, there's not a lot to, to discuss here. It's just Valve is getting lots of, you know, gamers and that's definitely the b- main part of their business now. So I'm not sure we're going to be seeing many games in the future from from Valve.
0: I wonder if it's, it's tough. I, I, I wonder if the Destiny 2 going on Battle.net was kind of not as great of a call as it was, would have been to put on Steam um i 'm sure someone out there did the did the math and kind of figured out that was better to keep the the thirty percent cut or whatever it is for the valve takes
1: I yeah i mean i 'm sure you know thirty percent is a lot, and uh I think it 's a couple of things we we sort of discussed it when it came out, but uh when the news came out, but basically yeah thirty percent is a lot of money uh that yeah. you want don 't want to be giving valve if you can avoid it and um and the other thing is the game Destiny is so tailored to the tastes of the Blizzard community. Oh, yeah, for and sure. And that visibility is great on the Blizzard launcher. So I think overall, it's, it's a no-brainer for that game even more than maybe some other ones. Um, but yeah, I'm sure it's going to be a net positive for them. There's no way it's not going to be. I don't yeah. know that anyone who wants to play Destiny is not going to launch their Blizzard launcher to, um, to, to play it. So, oh
0: right, yeah. I mean, I'm not not, not too concerned about getting yeah. <laughs> old people into playing, especially yeah. people that have PCs.
1: Um, Nintendo Switch, uh, is well, okay. Splatoon two has been released, and that is incredibly popular, especially in Japan. Um, they have sold another two million Switches over the past uh, uh, month, I believe. And so the company is really pro- profitable uh, but there's one one single but uh, significant taint on the Nintendo Switch and that is the online app which is getting uh horrible not even reviews like people are very pissed about the way the online app works especially since you have to use it on in splatoon if you want to communicate with your uh, squad and if you don't know how that works uh the entirety of the uh group finding or at least the voice comms is separated from the console on the switch like it actually is impossible to have voice comms on the switch you have to use your smartphone um, to connect to your group's uh, voice comms and that creates huge amounts of issues with one of which being if you want to listen to the game and the audio from the voice comms you have to use some frankensteinian um, (coughs) connector that will connect the two and and you know it's a kind of a splitter which is ridiculous and then in the beginning at least if you quit if the, the, the app if your phone went into uh, uh, sleep mode then the app would be quit and you would be disconnected from the voice comms which is how can you even design an app like this like we had hopes that Nintendo had figured out online play nope not. I mean ultimately what that means I think is they just don't care about that aspect of it they they just don't think it's important, and they don't want the kids who are going to be playing on the Switch. I think it might even be half intentional. It's kind of like the yeah, the I, think friend it's, codes, I think it's right? about
0: I think it's about the kids really mm. because they don't want to expose a huge part of their audience, uh, almost the biggest part of their audience probably to um, just people mouthing off on online. So it's just not as big of a priority for them. Yeah. But I mean, it, it sucks because, you know, you know, if they had really just taken a half a second to think about it, they could have just put a, a microphone firmware and uh, the hardware for like a microphone in the Switch console itself and just you just plug in to the your little um, Apple headphones or whatever into the the Switch and then you'd have a microphone there.
1: Well, that's why I'm saying I think they actively don't want to. I think it was a choice that this wouldn't yeah. be possible for the Switch because it wouldn't it's not a design or, you know, hardware issue. It would it would have been very easy to integrate, but mm-hmm. they decided they didn't want to do that. Um and I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing. For us, it's obviously frustrating because we can't chat with people we want to play with. But maybe when you're a parent, you're like, ah, "What is the thing that is safe? Like, what yeah. is the one where I'm sure I can give to my six, seven, eight year old kid and nothing bad's going to happen?" Yeah, um,
0: I think I think one, I think the another reason why they might have kind of thought it wasn't that big of a deal is because everyone can pretty much just use like discord or something like that um to kind of get together if they want to with with a group of friends that they know you know yeah i guess yeah
1: but then then you you still have the issue of connecting to you know listening to your friends and to the game at the same time you need that yeah yeah sure um maybe people are going to use accessories and maybe i mean yes as good as splatoon is are there going to be people who are going to want to if you really want to, there are ways to do it, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But um, mm. anyway, so I would be very curious to hear from Nintendo. You know, in in twenty years, someone telling us, "Yes, actually, it was a conscious effort to minimize the even, you know, possibility to to obliterate the possibility of toxicity." for people who wanted their kids to have a good experience like if you give you the console to to your kid well you're not going to give them your smartphone at the same time so you know it's impossible for them to to fall into the internet's horrible you know toxic environment so would be curious to to be a fly on the wall of those conversations in Kyoto um playstation 4 is getting a uh price increase for, I mean, PlayStation Plus is getting a price increase, and that has led people to speculate uh, about the potential inclusion of PlayStation Now games into the PlayStation Plus service. Um, And that's a really interesting one to me, because PlayStation Now is, for those who don't remember, the streaming service where you have access to a library of hundreds of PlayStation 3 and now PlayStation 4 games um, streaming. So you would subscribe to it for, I think the the cheapest one was maybe a hundred bucks a year. Was it that cheap? Um, Maybe a little bit more, but... You would. You can even play on uh, PC with a streaming client. You can play on your PS3, PS4, etc., um, but you have access to all of the games. And one of the interesting theory that people have had is that they would include into the PlayStation Plus service access to, let's say, two games from PlayStation Now every month. And let's imagine that you can choose which of those those two games are. That would be a pretty compelling... offer i think you know if there's this universal library Well, it's not quite universal of course but you have a lot of goodies oldies and goodies and even some of the uh, playstation 4 titles now um, and you have access to all of them and every month you can choose you're going to play one or two of those uh, and you can have you know they limited so you, there's still the playstation now service somewhere if you want to have access to all of them and if you basically want to make it your primary gaming service but if you, you you subscribe to PlayStation Plus, you have access to one or two to try stuff or explore that library. I think it would be pretty compelling. What do you think?
0: Yeah, and my thing with I still don't just don't like the idea of PlayStation now. I the I really think that the the winner comparing the Xbox version to the Game Pass is is the Game Pass every time. And even if the games games are free to play with your playstation plus subscription maybe that will change my mind i just don't like the idea of paying like an hourly rate to, to play a game that's
1: oh but that's dead. not the
0: case anymore
1: the the playstation a, now is it's a month it's
0: a month right you right. pay for a month and then you get access to pretty much everything yeah exactly so yeah.
1: it's kind of a netflix you know they have all be trying to to crack that netflix for gaming uh, nut mm-hmm. and the PlayStation uh, Now is that, but it's a little bit more expensive. And then the game, uh, Xbox Game Pass uh, is the same, except you actually install the game, but it's still yeah. more expensive. What What is interesting with this theory, which is very much a theory, is that it would be integrated into your PlayStation Plus subscription. Like it's as if you would have mm-hmm. access to... And the, the interesting thing is, of course, if they don't select the games for you, if they select them for yeah. you, it's just like PlayStation Plus has been for a long time and, and Xbox Live uh, has been for a long time. They just give you a couple of games every month. That's happened, you know, already. The interesting part is if they integrate it into your existing subscription and allow you to play two games of your choice out of the entire selection. Um so, that, I mean,
0: that yeah. would be cool, but I find that unlikely. Mm. I, I think they're gonna pick the game for you if they give you. Um, okay, well, if games. that's the
1: case, then it's, it's kind of whatever. <laughs> but, um, um, top games in the US in 2017, the first half. Uh, don't look, don't look. Have you looked yet? No, okay, Maybe. all right, don't look. Can you give me the top three? Best-selling games in the U.S. for the first half of 2017. Your best-educated guess. Go.
0: Um, so I know that Zelda is probably one of them. Okay. Um, I think I remember seeing that Horizon Zero Dawn sold really well, but that something outsold it, and I can't remember what it is. Okay. Um, and I guess the third one... Would it be... Uh... <laughs> it's not easy, is it? No. Um,
1: well, all right. You're off the hook. Yeah. Because that is exactly the reaction I had. I was thinking, you know, Zelda, Horizon, and maybe something else. Oh,
0: oh. yes. Okay. Yeah.
1: You just well, looked at I this, right?
0: I looked at it, but I remember For Honor was another one that sold, like, hotcakes.
1: Exactly. And that is what i mean yes we know it sold well i think it's it's kind of a interesting uh, so here's the actual list uh ghost recon wildlands i would never ever in a million years have guessed it was the best selling game of the first half of 2017 zelda second that yes uh, i understand for honor is third gta 5 is number four on that list That game, I mean, it is making history. It's insane. Uh, Then we have Horizon number five, Injustice 2 number six, Uh, number seven is Mass Effect Andromeda, number eight is Resident Evil 7. Um, So I understand those games being on the list, but the top three, apart from Zelda, I mean, Ghost Recon and For Honor, it's really interesting because they didn't make a lot of noise and a lot of, you know, a big splash uh, in the the media, even on on YouTube, I don't think. They weren't huge games. And yet, sales-wise, clearly, in the US at least, they are the best uh, performers. And I don't know how my um, view of this industry is skewed because I would never have guessed it. And some people, I said this on Twitter, and people told me, you know, they came back like a little bit... uh, 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 a, a little bit uh i don't know how to say it but they were like of course you know why would you be surprised yeah, they're myth, great games it. like old oh, yeah uh and i'm like i'm not saying they're not good games i just wouldn't have thought they had sold that much um so yeah i i just found
0: it really yeah, interesting. yeah i think it, i think really it's just the people that we followed the ghost recon Wild, wildlands didn't really appeal to them you know
1: yeah but even in the in the media have you heard about Wildlands beyond its release where people are saying, yeah, it's a good game?
0: I, I haven't really no. heard about <laughs> it so much, right? But I, I don't know how much I, that you would really hear about it outside of its release just because of the, the way the cycle goes.
1: I guess, you know? yeah. I guess that's a, an example of the divide between the media on a, on a exactly. topic... And and that's true for any topic, I'm sure. But mm-hmm, the media mm-hmm. on no the topic and and the actual sales. Um, but you you would think that if the game is the best selling game of the semester, maybe it's also a week ish semester. But everyone talked about Zelda and Horizon, and Zelda had incredible you know groundbreaking game design aspects that made it stand out. Horizon, but you didn't had really to buy. That.
0: You had to either buy. It for a defunct console that no one had or wanted to buy, or you had to buy it for a new console that was at short supply.
1: Sure, I mean there were you a know? number, of, you know, we, but we still heard about it a lot. But we also heard about Horizon, which honestly wasn't gameplay wise, game design wise, it wasn't groundbreaking. It was doing everything the open world games have been doing for years, except better and a little yeah. bit more compelling, right? But it wasn't but like was, incredible. But,
0: but that's a game that doesn't exist on two of the major um, like consoles at the PC and the Xbox One. That's
1: true. That's true. I so guess the I, point I think that they multi-platform, really is, is that,
0: yeah, yeah. Is that there's an entire subsection of gamers that don't read... Um, Polygon every day or IGN or whatever, and they don't <laughs> they don't go on to the newest the newest hotness every every week as or every day really as new games come out. I think they they find their game that that the game that is very popular and I mean shooters are incredibly popular and open world shooters even more so mm. apparently <laughs> as evidenced by these numbers. So I think that it's really just there's there's a section of gamers that that look at what what appeals to them really is this open world shooter or even for honor which is an a not an open world game but it's uh multiplayer combat and i think what what it is is that all these people all these they're like the call of duty players or whatever they're all they all gravitate towards these multiplayer games
1: mm. yeah i guess um, and, and the multi multi-platform you made a great point that is also one of the reasons why it's it's selling so much more than the uh, single platform exclusives, um, but yeah, there, there there must be a big crowd of people who is very silent. It's it's almost like you know, um, other parallels could be drawn. <laughs> it's and it's not just yeah. I mean the the ninety nine percent and the uh, silent, you know, middle America. It, maybe it's the same in gaming. Interesting parallels there. Um, hey, Facebook is apparently planning to uh, release a two hundred ish dollars standalone VR headset in twenty eighteen. That would be a super interesting move. Um, I mean, two hundred for a standalone thing two hundred dollars. The the thing you have to think about at that point is it's probably going to be mobile components, mobile phone components, which a high-end mobile phone on components only costs about two to three hundred bucks. So, if we look at those that type of quality and capabilities, it's probably possible to create a standalone wireless headset um, for about two hundred bucks. That would be of acceptable quality. I, it's not going to be the top of the line, but it would do the job. Um, I think
0: what it, I think what it is is that the parts to create these VR headsets in general are just getting cheaper.
1: Well, there that's what happened because of the smartphone industry. It's basically yeah. a screen and a c- CPU, GPU uh, right. that can output. I mean, of course, you need like 90 frames per second in order to not puke. Uh, you need good resolution. But we have those in the in the smartphone market now. It wouldn't be the, the best one, but I'm even more curious to, to know if that would what impact that would have on the VR industry. Um, It seems like a lot of people for 200, 250 would think, all right, I'll I'll give this a try. Maybe not everyone in the world, but tech enthusiasts, game enthusiasts, I think they would take the plunge and the numbers could be huge and put Facebook on the forefront of that uh, paradigm shift. If it ends up being a paradigm shift, Mm -hmm. would you buy one?
0: for $200 probably. I haven't been able to convince myself that it's worth $600 or $800 for for a set. Um, it's if it's standalone wireless and doesn't need any connectors, I'll I, I like to see like what people think before I actually pull the trigger and say like and drop $200 on it just because I am worried about the um the like lag or whatever that that can cause. Some people, the uh, barf.
1: Right, right. Of course. Yeah, yeah, it would need to be to have that uh, locked, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, yeah, I, I really think a lot of people would be like you and think, yeah, for two, 200 bucks. Sure, I do it. And, and then, you know, the trick is in order to have the full VR experience, you also need like the touch type controllers. Um, yeah. And that would be an extra, I don't know, 150 bucks. Uh, and they wouldn't tell you that from the get go but mm-hmm. but still it makes it accessible for two hundred bucks, and you can still do stuff. Um, I think that would be a huge move. It's also a move of Facebook getting to, into hardware, which is kind of crazy um, although you know that might be under the name of oculus, but still and uh, but yeah, it would make them it would be a huge, huge move so would be curious to see what happens there um what else have you seen that good game trailer uh the youtube red series uh it's basically a scripted series from dan harmond um and i don't know
0: it doesn't know. look good <laughs> it, it does it feels look too pandering
1: not too pandery, but. So basically, what it is, is uh, a series produced by uh, a, a comedy, a sitcom, kind of sitcom produced by um, YouTube Red around a team of misfits trying to become this esports team on this fictional game that is, you know, uh, super popular. And. Uh-huh. It's produced by uh, the the creator of Community and Rick and Morty, uh, Dan Harmon, and I love Community. I, I watched a couple of episodes of Rick and Morty, and it wasn't my thing, and i I got yelled at for that many many times. Um, but it feels I I can't decide whether I am. It's it feels icky for me because. I know what esports actually are and this feels like esports for television <laughs> or if it's because the thing is just not, doesn't look great. Um, I don't know. I don't know. But it didn't look, I'll watch it if it's available somewhere. I, we don't have YouTube Red here. Uh, but I'll watch it. I'm just not convinced at this point that this mm-hmm. is something that's going to present. You know, it's like the the kind of nerds and geeks that you would see years ago and not only but i don't know i mean seem like caricatures
0: of maybe yeah
1: it looked it looks dumb that's my problem it looks dumb and to be fair community the brilliance of community is that they are all incredibly incredibly idiotic and that's the fun of it but i don't know uh, but yeah, go check out the trailer, it's, uh, it's available, and we'll see uh, once the thing is actually available. And uh, finally, last bit of news, is Tencent is getting ready, apparently, uh, to release Honor of Kings in the West. Basically, US, France, Italy, Spain, and Germany. Do you know what Honor of Kings
0: even is? No, but that was before I clicked the link to read the article.
1: (laughs) So basically, Honor of Kings is uh, Tencent's mobile MOBA. Uh, Tencent also owns Riot, so they basically Mm -hmm. own uh, League of Legends. And Honor of Kings is the one mobile MOBA that has managed to rival uh, uh, League of Legends on the mobile platform. Um, basically, it's creating a virtuous circle between their two properties, but it's very similar to League of Legends. It's not one eating into the other. Um, it's really the two uh, growing together. And there have been a number of um, people who have tried to create a viable MOBA on, on the mobile uh, platforms, uh, I think vainglory might be the one we know we've heard of the most and it's enjoyed some popularity. Uh, but Honor of Kings is really growing like crazy, uh, in China and it seems like it's going to be uh, coming to the West fairly soon so and and it's adapted to the mobile platform games are shorter it's a little bit easier to uh control and all of those so it's not like a direct translation translation of uh league of legends into the mobile because obviously yeah, that sure. wouldn't work um so yeah Honor of kings um look out for it it's gonna it i i can't imagine it's not gonna be coming to the west uh but i'm very curious to see how it works out as well um i'm i'm i you know i don't use my phone for gaming all that much and my argument is that there aren't many actual core gamer games on uh the phone and maybe that's going to be adding one to the very short list of games i consider playing on
0: the phone so uh there you go do you know how short the games are
1: I think it's about twenty minutes. It's more Oof. Heroes of the Storm than yeah. uh, League
0: of Legends ish. The the problem was even with a twenty minute game, like when I'm playing on my phone, is like for a very short amount of time. Yeah, but you I know? think it
1: might be because there aren't games that are compelling you to play, like to set site, to set time aside aside for those games on your phone. Um, yeah, that's been I just margar- think of
0: yeah, it, it may maybe kind of lends to your argument, but like. When I'm at home, I p- want to play something, like, on my TV or whatever, not some, something that's on my phone.
1: Yeah, um, I think there's, there's an argument to be made that phones are just not... I mean, in China and in many countries, the phone is actually the primary gaming platform. Right, so, right. So, yeah, that also plays into it.
0: I mean, That's if this okay. game is good, I might just be taking, uh, taking 20 minutes on the toilet every time I, I need to go to the bathroom. But, <laughs> or uh.
1: on your couch. I mean, I, I think, you know, the way I put it is there aren't really... Uh, the, the difference between core games or gamers and uh, casual games is casual games are, or gamers are people who play when they have some free time. And mm-hmm. core gamers are people who make time to play the games they want to play, right? right? That's and, and so far, the mobile in the West, mobile market has been geared towards or has functioned with casual gamers, meaning it was games that were tailored for people who'd play when they had some free times. It was usually a little bit short. It was on the train, on the public transportation, whatever. I think if there are some super compelling games on those platforms then there are there's no reason core gamers wouldn't gravitate towards them and actually spend the time you know set the time aside to play the games um there's an argument to be made the the form factor isn't the best for long play sessions but i think a lot of people playing in countries where those platforms are the main gaming platforms um they would tell you no you can absolutely play seriously on a on a mobile game so on a mobile platform so i don't know Uh, on the other hand on earth kings it's still a a mobile version of a moba so if you want a really good moba you already have lots of options on your serious gaming platform which is more comfortable so um and that's about it um there's uncharted the lost legacy coming out fairly soon in in at the end of the month uh, and that feels like a full game uh, a full uncharted game according to the first impressions uh, dragon quest 11 has been confirmed for the west in 2018 Uh so that's cool for people who are waiting for it um and a couple of other things i don't think we need to get into it's a much lighter episode it's the middle of summer so uh yeah things aren't in super incredibly active but uh, gamescom is coming up in a couple of weeks and there should be tax prime
0: is a couple of weeks too
1: oh is it I, I yeah it's, it's always
0: oh. la- it's always like labor day um cool. it, which in the u.s is uh september 1st through 4th the weekend of that
1: yeah, so there's gonna there's gonna stuff that's gonna be happening. I mean, I, I know at Gamescom there's a Microsoft conference, um mm-hmm. and Blizzard always has something happening at as at Gamescom, so uh I mean that's been the case for the last couple of years at least, so hopefully it will be the case this time as well. Um so yeah, things are gonna start back up, but for now, I think that is going to be it for this episode. Uh would you mind telling the good folk listening where they can find more of what you do? Good sir.
0: Yeah, sure. Um, I You can follow me on Twitter at Adadesis. That's E-D-E-E-S-I-S. The um, website that I work for is called 4PlayerNetwork.com, and we stream live every night at 4pp.tv. The, our, the podcast for that I am not on, but the people that other people that work on the website are on, uh, and that's Thursday nights at 9 Eastern, I think, yeah, 9 Eastern. And uh, I stream. Um, I play video games every night, or not every night. Monday nights at seven o'clock Eastern. And tonight I'm gonna be uh, playing the rest of the Evil Within. I'm about two thirds of the way through that game, so I'm gonna finish that up. I'm playing on kind of playing games that are kind of pre- seek sequ- or the that have sequels coming out this year. So um, nice. the Evil Within, South Park, stuff like that is kind of what I'm focusing on for the most part.
1: Cool. I couldn't play The Evil Within. I'm too scared. i become a wuss. It,
0: it is surprisingly not a scary game. Really? It is just you are high really? intensity the entire time. Hmm. Like, um, there, are, there are a couple parts that are scary, so don't get me wrong. But um, <laughs> and maybe, like, I played uh, Amnesia um, last year and now just nothing scares me anymore (laughs) (laughs) i've kind of been numb to the scariness but um but yeah it's it's cool it's it's intense it is um stressful as far as like keeping making sure you have enough bullets i feel like i'm always at a point where i have like a ton of bullets and then i lose them all by fighting in a big boss battle or something like that and i'm down scrounging around for everything again so it's fun it's fun i highly recommend it to anyone who can uh can suck it up and actually play the game
1: <laughs> well if you want to see more uh twitch.tv slash edesis is it
0: it's uh slash four player podcast oh you stream um, on with, the four player yeah i, for, uh, I stream channel. on the four okay. player account so it's uh four like spelled out um player podcast or okay. just 4 pp.tv with the number four is the easiest way
1: well the uh and you also have your uh twitter account that is going to be in uh-huh. the show notes that's edesis and i'm sure you can find all of this from there yep yep um, and for me it's not Patrick on Twitter and Facebook and you can also find the show and go comment uh, if you think we've said some silly silly things uh, at frenchspin.com and you can also leave a review on iTunes or on any other uh, podcast platform that you enjoy uh, that would be very helpful of course so go leave a review and a few stars if you are so inclined and uh, that's going to be it for us we will be back in a couple of weeks maybe slightly delay so we can have the news from uh, from Gamescom we'll see what happens but uh, we'll be back and we'll have a fun show again thanks for listening thanks Ed for being on and we'll talk to you then Bye.
0: bye bye